Hello and welcome to Finance, Energy and Beyond, brought to you by Stanbrook Consulting, a specialist recruitment consultancy for the finance and energy markets. I'm your host Jack Hopper and in this episode I'm joined by Marcel Simonis, subject matter expert on compliance, forensics and internal controls. Marcel talks us through his journey and shares his views on the importance of teamwork and coaching. Enjoy. Marcel, welcome. Hello, Jack. Hello. How are, How are you? Thank you. Not that early in the morning, so I'm doing fine. Thank you. <laughs> Marcel, let's just start off. Uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and, and, and what you do. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks, Jack, uh, for being part of here. It's a great uh, honor. Uh, my name is Marcel Simonis, and I'm uh, 46 years old. Um, I was born in Slovakia, immigrated to Canada when I was 17. Um, since worked and lived in different countries, including um, Germany, Austria, part-time in Shanghai, China, or Pune in India. So I spend a little bit of time all over the place. I feel like I'm home everywhere, to be honest, <laughs> uh, sort of a global citizen. I, th- there's no such a thing as global citizenship, but uh, I feel like that. Have you got loads of stamps on your passport then? <laughs> yes, yes. No, my passports, I, I usually keep them to five years maximum because they, they, <laughs> they run out of pages anyway, so it doesn't make sense to have them uh, <laughs> expiring longer. So yeah, so um, who I am, well, I have family, have children, you know, have hobbies just like anybody else. Um, um, I'm, I'm, you know, as a, as a matter of fact, I'm just running a, a family business also um, uh, while doing all the stuff that we're just going to talk about. Um, and yeah, I, I, I like building up things. I like developing, you know, uh, make something meaningful in my life, hopefully. Um, that's 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 what everybody is going to conclude at the end. Um, from professional point of view, I'm a consultant, <clears throat> what you call as a subject matter expert. Um, and what I do is I um, I advise clients um, till now mostly manufacturing businesses, but there are also other businesses on different compliance programs. For example, um, legal compliance, financial IT, internal control compliance. Um, at, at sometimes I help to conduct internal investigations. I'm also a certified fraud examiner. So I look and evaluate uh, clients' uh, fraud programs. And um, recently I added actually a new area of uh, uh, environmental, social and governance, the ESG uh, pro- compliance program. Um, now, now being a consultant <clears throat> for, for, for a broader audience is a new role for me. Um, I started beginning of this year. Um, you know, working hard, uh, hand in hand with sort of mid-sized accounting and law firms, supporting their clients and their business. For example, there's uh, work in the M&A area mm-hmm. where, uh, where the clients need to evaluate their programs or look at the target company's compliance programs. Um, I, I help there as a subject matter expert. And uh, yeah, that's what I do, Jack. That's sort of Thanks for sharing. And 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 Marcel, where, where did the journey start? So like, take me back all the way to the beginning. Um, so you're a professional in terms of uh, compliance, uh, internal audit. 
Is that where your journey started? Did you go university and then go straight into that field? How did it how did it materialize? Right. Oh, that's now back almost 30 years ago. But uh, yeah, no, the, the, the journey evolved. It's it's you start at the basis. So yeah, going back to school, I guess just like anybody else, coming out of high school, um, not really knowing what to do with the life, you know, which which university to select. I was one of those that wasn't sure at the time. So I, I, I took the safe safe the business administration degree at a, actually a, a university called Wilfrid Laurier University in Canada. I was I was at a time uh, in Canada already, and um, yeah, they they offer a good co-op program, study program where you you work and and you study. I, I want to see what's out there, trying to figure out. So as part of this program, uh, you know, I, I took the best offer what I got in the first semester, which was working for uh, one of the big four accounting firms. I wasn't I wasn't into accounting much. It's not really the area. I, I was considering or I was I was certain about, but that was the best offer. So I took the first term and that pretty much shaped up my 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 next steps career. You know, it was probably 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 the best paid offer, <laughs> to be honest. But anyways, mm -hmm. it, it did get um, you know, it did shape up my 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 future. Okay. So um and I believe even today, you know, it was a PwC where I joined at the time, but any other big firm that you provide as a young guy. It's 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 a great base, you know, structure, discipline, kind of the principles, the teamwork. It it gives you really the basis, um, mm -hmm. and I think it's a really great choice uh, of a career for anybody who wants to be in in you know in those areas and fields. So it was primarily focused finance, accounting, though at that stage. Yeah. So. And then when so you're working in the consultancy, um, did you? Did you get put into a risk team or how did you sort of weave your way into compliance and and audit? Right. right. Yeah. So uh, so so that was that was heavy heavy duty external auditing for for uh, probably three or four years and and I, I had I, I did want to get my own you know business going. You know, I, I really admired people who achieved a lot in their lives. So so I I did go into uh, into um, venturing and setting up my own uh, import export business. Now I have to say it was it was exciting, but but was 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 challenging. Something different than what I expected. You know, I was kind of the one man show. The the the, the person who was the import export business manager, general manager, marketing, HR, finance manager. And the assembly guy at the same time, right? So, <laughs> great multitasking, but um, you know, I realize you really you're really lonely, and you you kind of don't come up with the great ideas as an individual as much as you as you you think you're doing well. Uh, you kind of lose, you know, you're missing all these other ideas that you can incorporate. And so I, at that time, I really started appreciating. Um, uh, a teamwork and 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 understanding of the importance of being part of a, a bigger team. So um, I, I did I did sort of after a couple of years of of trial and error kind of success. I did look for a, a entrepreneurial company, bigger company, successful company um, uh, that have been out there that needed someone with my skills that I uh, I got at, at school, which was mostly accounting, finance, obviously designation. I was a CPA, Canadian professional, at the mm. time, and so 
I went back and uh, and I found one. I found uh, basically a company that I stick to for over 20 years afterwards, Magna International. For those who don't know, it's a, it's a it's a huge conglomerate. It's a Canadian Austrian company um, uh, doing uh, parts for uh, big uh, OEMs, automotive manufacturers. It's one of the bigger ones. It's you know it's up to 40 billion in sales. But but still, it had the owner, you know, it had the owner running the business, you know, Frank Stronach, uh, and and the, it was a great corporate culture, um, a lot of work, but a lot of rewards, you know, a lot of empowerment. So I really enjoyed it. I, I jumped into an internal audit, so I didn't go external. I, I tried to use my auditing, accounting, finance, and uh, within three years, basically, I traveled and seen pretty much most of the world uh, with the company. I, met most of the operations, got to know the general managers, finance managers. So it was great. It was great. So I, I was an interim auditor at that time, started as a junior uh, in an auditor and worked my way up to, um, you know, to, to more senior roles. And how long, how long were you uh, in this firm for? Okay, well, it was, was 20 years or 20 plus. Oh, wow. uh, it's pretty much the next step was the position I just discussed, I, being a consultant. I, you know, I, I finished with Magna and I, and I moved into consulting, uh, you know, thinking that I have a wealth of knowledge that I want to share with the world. <laughs> it was a natural choice. But yeah, well, you know, I, I guess those 20 years, just to, just to come back to that a, a quick. So people might say, wow, 20 years with one company. I, I have to say I did different things within the company. I visited different continents. I, you know, I, I basically, to, to cover the entire uh, spectrum of tasks that I did, it, it took a while. I, um, I know in, in, in late 1990, uh, uh, late no, early 20th, so, so, so 2005, six, basically we are, the SOX came up and, you know, it was, was to be rolled out globally as a form of global interim control compliance program. So because of my languages um, and, and already uh, a number of years in the internal audit, I was offered uh, basically a job leading this initiative in Europe. At the time, we basically uh, didn't have it. Didn't, we're not as global, we're traveling around, but uh, we, were, we were centrally located in Canada. You know, mm -hmm. here, here was an opportunity to set up something closer to the business. We realized we need to be around. And so I uh, went out and I, I, I relocated to Europe, to Germany in particular, and, and started rolling out the compliance program. And after a couple of years, it got extended and, and we, uh, I went to Asia Pacific as well. So that was a great opportunity. Uh, obviously, it was a big challenge, you know, and uh, for those who do travel and work globally, um, you know, different regions. First of all, you have different maturity of control systems in different regions. It's the same company, but you know, we grew just like any other big company mm. uh, through acquisitions and through joint ventures and whatever you have it. So you have a different different level of maturity of control systems. You're trying to establish a, a, a global standard, which which is tough. And then and then the cultural differences, right? The understanding Absolutely. is. is yeah. So that was challenging, yeah. But but rewarding, I have to say. And Marcel, for the for the benefit of individuals that don't primarily work in compliance or in audit, um, you mentioned is it is it socks? Cyberts um, Oxley Act, yes, yes. What what is that? Can you just explain it a little bit more for me? 
Yeah, well, it's 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 an act that was uh, set up um, basically to make sure that um, uh, that the organizations were accountable for their control systems and make sure that they're checking their operations. You know, it's primarily driven for financial reporting, accuracy of financial reporting, and 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 making sure the value you know reported to the shareholders and stakeholders was there. So. Was it was okay. an internal control based type of network? It 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 associates itself with different certifications the senior management has to make that basically uh, their systems are functioning well and the numbers are accurate in simple terms. You know, it, it it's not much. It, it's it's a law that has really three lines in it, and it's for interpretation how you want to roll it out. But uh, it it does help, and it 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 keeps the companies accountable, making sure they have internal control systems in place, and and and, and they check their numbers before they. Okay. Leave. Yeah, it makes sense, and and so for there might be some people that are listening that are maybe thinking of moving to an opportunity which is uh, in another country, overseas, or maybe potentially in another continent. Uh, what can we learn from your experiences? You've worked in many different. Uh, countries and continents. What are the things that you learn along your journey? Right. Uh, yeah. No. Once you start traveling and 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 living together, it's it's not a it's not a it's not a sort of a vacation type of uh, setting, right? You go out there at the plants. It's a tough life. You see how people live. Um, I think the, the the understanding and the respect always gets you gets you further. We we need to make sure that. Um, you know, it's you got to be ready to listen and to to accept different cultures. You know, not to push your mm. own culture. It's it's the mess. The 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 level of of uh, of understanding of the same message uh, among different cultures and, and regions and people themselves and their functions is different. And you gotta you gotta master that that piece to be effective in those regions. You might you don't have to necessarily speak the language. People appreciate if you do a little bit. But you know, it's it's not like oh, I come here and here here is the message what I want to deliver. You got to see what's what's uh, out there and adjust your message. There's no what I'm trying to say. There's no off the shelf kind of uh, yeah. program that you can just roll out and just say here we go. This is how it's going to run. You got to adjust it, tweak it. You know, understand what the pressures and challenges are of those individuals, in different countries, and and then and hopefully adjust and 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 then you will be successful and be able to convince them. So I'm so. sure, like, so with your experience and in the countries that you've worked in, um, communication has been key, right, to, uh, you've mentioned already teamwork. Um, I'm sure internal controls is very much a, a team game, right, because you need to get people pulling in the right direction. Um, in terms of your role, what did what did a day in the life look like? Were you interacting with lots of different uh, stakeholders internally, externally? What what is the role that, that you were doing? Right, that's a good question. You know, at, at, at times it feels like juggling all the different priorities, you know, and all high priorities in in the kind of a twenty four hour cycle. <laughs> it's um, it, it is it is you know at, at more senior at the beginning at the early stages you're more hands on operations you know you you get your hands dirty. But you you cannot handle it all, and and also the 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 fields of expertise um, you just you just cannot be a subject matter expert on any in in every area. So you need to rely on others, 
So you somehow become a coordinator, you know, and leader, and and maybe directing people the right, the same direction, making sure that you listen to everybody, but everybody follows the same path to come to a, to a successful end. Yeah. So it does. It, it becomes a lot of there's a lot of planning meetings, you know, a lot of consultations, lots, a lot of update calls during the days. Um, if if you are if if you if you are covering three continents like I was. Um, you're pretty much open 24-hour day schedule, uh, so yeah. China and, and all to North America. It's very efficient, but it's very very de demanding also, mm. because mm. the expectation, especially for us in Europe, is that you're basically on, on, on receiving end continuously, right? Um, while China needs and Asia usually wants a lot of consulting and attention, you know, North America usually requires a lot of reporting. You know, and, and and in between you still had the Europe who you need to manage. So I remember calls getting up for four o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. You know, on the call periodically, uh, every here and there. So you got to be ready if you if you have such a role, you got to be ready to to and and your family has to be ready really. Yeah. <laughs> to accept this, it's a, it's a challenge. So talking about family, and you ask about the day. Obviously, I have family, I have, I have children. So so mastering. Yeah, you gotta you gotta find time for everybody, right? You can't mm. just just go one way. So it's it's really tough. Uh, family responsibilities, um, you know, around the overbooked meeting schedules, tough to manage. It's a must. So you're gonna master that. And then also personally, I you know, we're, it's it's a sitting job. I'm not standing and working. So I I do like to move. I try to find my personal time running in the morning, in the afternoon, or when I'm in the gym and hotels, just to keep moving. Get my head free and 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 start the day again. Um, now, now being consult consulting business, which is for, you know as I started this year, it's slightly different. It gives me a little bit more flexibility, but then again, it adds it adds the customer care part, which which really you know which which uh, pretty much uh, uh, takes some time of of the day. So let's see how that goes. I cannot really mm -hmm. speak much to that role yet, but uh, it, it does give you a little bit more flavor. Uh, I, I mean, I, I to totally uh, understand your point of view in terms of trying to get that balance with family. I, I'm the same. And um, especially with like, if you're if you're back to back in meetings and trying to be active, one thing that we're trying to do more at Stanbrook is just do walk-in meetings. So if I've got a catch up with someone, we'll go for a walk try and be active because otherwise you're just stuck at your desk looking at a screen the whole time right breaks the day up really nice and uh and your your ideas start to flow right when you're doing a bit more exercise so um so, something that i've i'm trying to do a bit more of so you've uh marcel you've gone from a really a junior role all the way to one of the most senior people in the in the company what is the biggest lesson that you've learned in your professional career so it's it's you know you're only as good as your weakest link on the team is a saying, you know and 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 I think we we already uh, referred to it. A uh, teamwork is really critical, you know. Um, I always always make sure that people work together. You know, there's uh, whether it's a direct reports or with the bosses, you you do need their support uh, to be good at what you do. You know, it, it, it's it's you, you can be the smartest kid on the block. And I, I've had some of those on the team throughout my career. I've done a lot of hiring of people and, you know, usually at more junior levels. 
but if, if that person wasn't able to work with the rest of the team or communicate or, or send a message, um, it was really challenging and you didn't come to, to, to the same, uh, to the same uh, outcome and it generally you just could not execute. So I really mm -hmm. think it's, it's, all, it, it's all about team. Um, it, it, it's not cheap, you know, teamwork is not cheap. You gotta really intentionally devote the time, you know, uh, money, you cannot you know, cheap out on, on the good people. You got to really make an effort to maintain it. Okay. But I think the, the return and the value is, is, is really there. I mean, you get the respect, you get the commitment, you get the creativity, you know, you, you get the different ideas going and, and, and the commitment is the biggest. You simply get things done, even if they are under stress. And um, I, I learned a lot of, I, I've had a lot of examples, so I'm not going to spend time on describing those, but where, where, where we were really good team, very effective times, then you go through a cycle where you have a different people, you know, it just doesn't work that the cohesiveness is not as great and it does impact the productivity. Yeah. And, and, and from your, from your time, how have you gone about cultivating that team, uh, team culture? Uh, what what did you do to try and pull people together and, and get them aligned? Right. Uh, yeah, good. Being being not a, you know being ha having everybody and listen to everybody what it has to say whether whether it fits or does not. Um, you know, I think I think not trying to push your own ideas out there is 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 a key you know um try to try to actually implement some of the ideas even though maybe not the greatest uh, out there get the people together uh you know spend some time uh, you know on the social activities was was very key i mean as an internal auditor you travel a lot in the teams mm -hmm. the team becomes your family uh i don't think you have to go into that extreme but it's you know it's seeing yourself on the screen on 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 a, on a frequent basis. It's not the same, for example. Yeah. So with all this COVID and everything else, obviously, that I'm sure everybody would would agree. It's an efficient way, but it's not a long-term sustainable uh, team type of uh, teamwork uh, setup. And so um, I did try to coach people. You know, uh, one of one of one of my mentors at some point said, you know, if you're selected for a for a position, you are fulfilling all the requirements. And so likely when you get that position, you are not necessarily learning anything new. You already know everything. That's why you were selected. So the first thing you got to go to, to get your own satisfaction from the job is to find someone you're going to coach and, and pass on the knowledge so that you're basically looking for your successor right there as a first task. Make sure you, 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 do, you develop that person to be as, as you know, as skilled as you are in that position, and and that that was inspiring. So it's kind of a bottom bottom up uh, coaching management style uh, with people, um, making sure that you encourage people to bring their ideas, uh, and, and not just bring the ideas. Many people listen, but then nothing happens. You know, you got to proactively really help the people to develop themselves or learn from mistakes. You know, for whatever reason, you know, just make sure that it's not a big mistake. <laughs> I really like that. To be honest, I haven't, that's not something I've heard of before. Um, having your successor sort of pinpointed and, and working really closely with them to build the skills up to, to be at your level. And I really like it. Um, I think that's a really good, that's a really great way of developing individuals in your team. And 
and I also get the the bit where you say you need to follow through on on the commitments you've made. Uh, we have a what I've learned uh, is sort of I, I do what, what, what I call you said you say we do. So like these are the things that you said that you want, and this is what we've done. So it's really clear on what the actions are and what the progress has been. Um, thanks for sharing that. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, um, well, it's 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 natural, right? I mean, mm. you being the most senior person or more senior on the team, uh, you, you have the skill set that you can share and 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 push through, and and you know it's inspiring and everything else, but. But it's really, especially these days, you know, if you see how the new generation and how the which companies are really successful and succeeding to attract new people, it's 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 not the ones who have a wealth of knowledge necessarily. It's the ones that are more most progressive. That are you know they are more creative. They are mm -hmm. kind of open-minded to idea to new different ideas. That's that's being rewarded in in particular these days. Uh, I, I've seen and so. A lot of young, you know, young generation. Those are the new buyers, new customers. You know, you gotta listen to what they want. They don't want the same thing as we wanted them 20 years ago. Yeah, you got to evolve, right? You got to evolve. So, and the other lesson you ask about the lesson. So, if I'm I just, I, you know, and I've always, I like this entrepreneurial spirit. You always gotta think like the owner. You know, it's not about what I do and what I represent. And you might think, you know, internal audit has certain functions, sort of like a, you know, a police. It's 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 sort of making sure that everything is 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 checked, right? And but if you do it just just with with that, you know, with a thought in mind that you have the authority out there to go and 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 kind of give people the instructions how to do things without thinking is this a practical is, is does this make sense for business you know is this is this going to be accepted you're not going to be you're probably not going to be successful in long long run you know and uh, so so thinking entrepreneur you know in and and i always I always thought what helped me is always thinking when i was part of intermodi i thought intermodi is a company within a company right it has a certain purpose has a certain business objectives, has certain products. And if those products are useless and not wanted really, then why are you selling them just because you are part of the internal network? So you gotta really evolve your product, tweak it, you know, make make sure it's 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 needed out there. Um, compliance the same. You know, it's yeah. you gotta make sure that the, and, and it's not the same for everybody. You know, you have different clients want something else, you gotta look at your clients, you gotta adjust your product. And obviously, you know, make the minimum requirements, uh, safety and, and uh, you know, quality checks, you know, it has to fit with the laws and everything else. That's for sure. But it cannot just, just be black and white just because the law said this is what you got to do, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks for sharing. And and if there was someone listening who was interested in getting involved in uh, compliance or internal audit, what, what advice would you give for those individuals that are looking to get involved within that industry? Um, yeah, uh, it, it's 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 a very evolving and fast-paced field. There's a lot of information out there. You know, it's it's it. You gotta stay on top of things. So if you didn't like you know, the schooling or going to school and studying or a mix and you, you thought you're going to go out there and do work and you don't have to see a teacher or lecture or anybody else, uh, you know, anymore. 
that that's not the place you want to be maybe it's it's on a, there are new trends coming up and unfortunately uh, from my perspective we make our lives difficult because there's so many different compliance issues and and development and there's so many frameworks that you got to learn it's like it's, it's almost like the number of languages you have around the world that you have to learn it's, you know the content is all the same but it, the language is different, you know, um, and and if you don't speak the language, then you cannot communicate with those people. So uh, you, you have to learn, you have to go back to school pretty much on a, on a, on a, on a periodic basis, being in, in this industry, in compliance industry, and also specifically being in, in the consulting industry um, and, and learn and make sure that you sort out. So so you got to like school to be here. Um, mm -hmm. You get, you know, you have to be understanding of others. That's everybody. You need to understand the impact you have uh, on the people. Like, as I said, being an internal auditor, you have certain uh, function, responsibility, and respect within an organization. The same as compliance. You know, it's all behind. It's all about the law, right? We want to protect people from the law, make sure they are in line. So you have certain authority. You go out there, but you, but. The authority also gives you uh, you're impacting lives of people, and and so if you want people to cooperate, you gotta kind of acknowledge that, and 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 give them a chance to respond as well. So you gotta listen. Um, entrepreneurship, I already mentioned that if you if you convince people this is good for the benefit of everybody, you you generally get a better response, and people actually do things because they see that you mean it and make sense and it helps them. It doesn't just protect them. So you got to give that a little bit, that aspect out there. And uh, yeah, you got to live by example. You know, you cannot preach about one thing and, 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 and live differently. Like I, you know, it's compliance, talking about ethics. You know, it's, it's difficult if, if people don't see that you yourself kind of go by example and say, okay, well, oh, let's give an example, you know, uh, you know, if, if, if this is a neat story, but I always get this. If, if, if you find a hundred euro bill or a hundred, uh, you know, British pound bill on the street, what do you do about it? Right. And, 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 and natural choice is, you know, we are all thieves, right? You, you would think about, wow, what about, what, what if I take it? Right. Well, it's not yours. So you steal it. Right. But the, the, the first thought is to take it. Right. So and then it's and another example you find it you find the same bill but it's it's at your at your family event you know there is like let's say 50 people around all your families and whatever what do you do you know what's the different reaction and, and like uh, likely you do a different different you have a different reaction you know you, you you will start to consider you will kind of announce it okay who lost the bill here you know I found it oh and then you're happy that you found the the owner you know that's not what's happening on the street out there. Right. So, uh, so culture is important. You know, business is important. You got to understand and you got to, you know, you got to convince yourself that, okay, if I find that bill, well, I got to do the right thing. There's opportunity to take it, you know, but you know, you, you might, you might get the, uh, you know, hundred euro richer, but I think if people see you, you know, you're just not gonna, you know, nobody's gonna listen to you that you, you need to do the right thing next time. So got to watch that. And, and as I said, it's it's natural, it's inside us to 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 take these little opportunities in life. You know, we work hard, we want to be rewarded. It's just, it's just natural. So you, you gotta you gotta work on that. <laughs> mm -hmm. I like it. And look, before before we get to the closing tradition, I wanted to touch on the ESG stuff. So you've you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but 
How does ESG work into the work that you're doing? Like what's what's the connection? Yeah, well, it's 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 a different framework, really, and and a mindset. As I said, it's it's again one one of those where it's a different language that we use, different methodology, <clears throat> but it it talks about it basically combines and tries to combine all the compliance different aspects, and 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 bring bring the social, you know, consciousness of you know making the world better, into 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 the into the equation, and I really like it. It's it's a lot of it's it's not very tangible for most of the people, you know, because we all know there are problems out there, you know, but but there's so many of them, you know, environmental issues, health issues, you know, people. But the society is working somehow together, and we think that's how it that's how it needs to work, you know. Uh, but but what I find about the ESG, which is really positive, is uh, is that it gets people thinking. You know, uh, whether for the right or wrong reason, you know, whether I'm just doing it because I want to be, you know, I want to gain more, you know, more capital or whatever. But it gets people thinking about the issues that are urgent for all of us. <clears throat> uh, the, the, the difficult part about that whole field is it's, it's still very unstructured, unregulated. There's a lot mm -hmm. of governing bodies, you know, there's still not an alignment on really how and what should be measured. And, and so, I think there is a lot of inefficiencies that organizations are going through right now, trying to do something, you know, but at least they're trying, right? So my advice is really, you know, um, is, is to look at, look at the basics right now, make sure that we go and do the proper assessment from the top, you know, how, how significant which risks are, that we keep thinking about it. You know, this is already a first really right step, putting, putting thoughts together. Uh, on how can we make our lives better. And so I like it. it. It's good. It's a lot of theory at this stage, a lot of confusion, but I think it's going to clean up and, and we, are going, we are going the right direction. And so putting it into the context of, of us at Stanbrook, so obviously we recruit in the finance and energy sectors. I think ESG for a lot of our clients and a lot of other companies within this industry is super important, right? They've all got an agenda to do better, to be better than what they are today. Um, and it's really interesting that that's um, in the terms of the work that you're doing in internal controls is, is something which is on your periphery. So yeah, look, thanks for sharing Marcel. And yeah. uh, coming to the closing tradition. So the closing tradition on this podcast is we'd like you to name someone within your network who's really inspired you and explain to us why. Right. Um, yeah, there's lots of great, lots of great people out there. Um, I, you know, I always refer to, to my, my two bosses I had over those 20 years with Magna. Um, I, I just cannot differently. I, because they inspired me, they kept me going over like over the last 20 years. They provided the opportunities, and I I really, you know, I, I I hope that someone, you know, if you ask few people the same question that are working with me, that would answer the the the, the question similarly, so that they would point me. I would I I, I you know I. I think to be a good mentor or uh, is, is, is important also for personal satisfaction um, uh, on the job. And um, 
so those would be the guys that really inspired me and why it's simply because they, they got me going 20 years in the organization providing mm -hmm. opportunities you know coaching getting through and they were totally different this is not the one style you now of, of, of leadership you know one was pretty tough the other one was more more uh, more open-minded you know uh, leaving you space the other one was kind of slapping your hands if you did something wrong but um, but both of them at the end of the day, uh, provided the opportunities out there and and I learned a lot so very inspiring they're still with the company they're still you know going after several you know 20 30 years and and not in the same position so they're all evolving within the organization so that's inspiring one of them actually mentioned what I mentioned earlier that it's important you know to develop people below you um, and get them the opportunity to speak up um, and and your first task is really to go uh, out there and look for for the candidates you know that you can pass on your knowledge and experience, which I think was inspiring you know because they did the same potentially with me, and and I don't think yeah. it's just the one I don't think it's just that you're looking for one individual. I think as I said, it's a teamwork. You know, uh, it doesn't help to have a one smart guy on the team. Because that guy is as weak, as I said, as the as the, as the, I guess as the as the most disrespected person on the team, or and and that so you want to respect everybody to make sure that the team and everybody else at the same level. So I would I would kind of add to that. You're you're looking for a team. You're looking for coaching. You're looking for making yourself better to be a good mentor for your younger generation growing up into your position. Um, not just looking for one individual is your successor uh, as such. Yeah, I've always said you you, uh, you have managers and you either learn what they do really well and you take that forward, or or you learn from them what maybe you don't like as much and then you make sure that you don't do that in the future, right? It sounds like you've had two great mentors that you've maybe been able to take a little bit of some of the skills from both of them to support with your coaching for your teams. Very much so. Yeah, yeah no, you're right, Jack. Yeah. Well, Marcel, that brings us to the end. So just want to say a massive thank you for your time. Um, if there was anyone that wants to get in touch with you, um, you're on LinkedIn, right? I am on LinkedIn, yes. Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. We'll, um, we'll be sure to tag you. So if anyone wants to ask you any questions, then they can reach out to you directly. But for the time being, thank you so much for your time and we'll speak soon. Thank you, Jake. Thank you for the opportunity and thank you everybody for listening. Yeah. Thank you. Bye bye.